Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part series I am running on a recent white paper released by SAI Global entitled Predicting Risk, a Strategic Culture Framework for the C-Suite. This white paper was authored by Katerina Volgarella, and over the next five podcast episodes, I visit with her on various topics relating to this white paper. In episode one, we introduce the strategic cultural framework. In episode two, we consider what the board and C-suite need to know about ethical risk. In episode three, we consider the differences between espoused ethics and actual goals of an organization. In episode four, we use the cultural framework to take a look at the ethical failures of Wells Fargo and their fraudulent account scandal. In our concluding episode five, we take a look at the ins and outs of ethical reasoning and take a look into the future. It will be a fascinating exploration for you. At the end of the five podcast series, you will be able to utilize the strategic cultural framework to help your organization measure not only what it espouses, but is it actually doing that in practice. In each episode, I link to the white paper itself so you can take a look at it and use it going forward. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. This special five-part series on predicting risk, a strategic cultural framework for the C-suite, a white paper by SAI Global, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox, and we are here for part one of a five-part series based upon a white paper issued by SAI Global and authored by Katarina Volgarella, who is a cultural architect and ethics advisor in collaboration with SAI Global. The name of the white paper is Predicting Risk, a Strategic Cultural Framework for the C-Suite. I'm joined by uh, Katarina, and we are going to explore this in depth in digestible chunks so that you can enjoy it and learn from it going forward. So, Katarina, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here and it's great to have a chance to discuss uh, the strategic culture framework with you. So in this first episode, we're really going to do an introduction to the strategic framework. So I was wondering if you could really just give us an overview of it and and why you thought at this point in either our history or uh, where we are with compliance and ethics and culture, why uh, why there's a crisis and why we need to respond to that crisis. Yeah, um, so I think we are seeing um, uh, a crisis of ethics, potentially, at least in two respects. On the one hand, we live uh, at a time of profound change. Uh, The speed at which things are changing uh, makes everything uncertain and ambiguous. Uh, It feels like uh, this change is is rewriting our our value system faster than we can even realize. Uh, So, for example, if we look at technology, uh, technology is changing how we connect, how we operate, how we deliver, and so forth. Uh, you know, just if we focus for, uh, if we focus on AI for a second, um, we know that AI is going to, you know, just cause a loss in privacy and confidentiality. Um, is that ethical or not? 
I mean, is that a, a reasonable price to pay um, uh, to let progress make its way, or should we be more cautious? Um, so if we do not tackle these questions head on, we are bound to face an ethical void. Um, but it's not just that, it's also the, you know, just I think it's the complexity and change um, the organizations uh, are, are faced with on all fronts. Uh, and that complexity, that change is hard to manage. We've seen uh, an acceleration in ethical failures. Um, you know, that complexity can very well make uh, shortcuts more desirable. Uh, it may weaken judgment. You know, let's think for a moment about the, you know, the K KPMG scandal of a few months ago. It's an example of what I'm talking about. So, without the right practices and methods, uh, organizations uh, may become increasingly liable to make the wrong decisions for themselves and others. And that's why uh, we thought uh, this framework. Uh, could be tremendously uh, helpful and why it makes sense in, uh, really to develop it uh, at this point. Um, the framework, and I want to point this out because uh, there was really uh, a thorough method to it. You know, we didn't just want to develop any cultural framework. Uh, we wanted to uh, develop a framework that could uh, uh, improve uh, uh, practices in uh, intangible uh, ways. And this is why, um, you know, the, the framework was developed uh, integrating uh, a wealth of insights from behavioral science. Uh, what we know about human behavior today is vastly more precise than what we knew even five years ago. Um, but many of these insights, and this is uh, quite interesting, have not been incorporated in organizational practices. That's where the, the strategic culture framework comes in. Uh, it connects the dots. Uh, it explains how culture affects uh, people's ability to do the right thing uh, and what, what risk an organization faces um, uh, uh, as a result of that. Um, I say that the framework is, you know, I look at it as a model for maximum impact um, because it, it identifies uh, the, the two culture dimensions uh, that organizations uh, should actively uh, manage to reduce risk uh, and, and increase ethical performance. And, uh, you know, just uh, I know that we're going to talk a lot about these two dimensions, but just to kind of uh, give um our audience and overview. Uh, the first dimension is delegation of ethical dilemmas, the extent to which the, the culture of an organization creates dilemmas and leaves these dilemmas unaddressed. Uh, the second dimension is the extent to which the culture uh, builds ethical capacity. Uh, in other words, uh, the extent to which the culture builds resources, practices, and resilience uh, that help people to deal uh, with ethical challenges successfully. So I wanted to pick up on a couple of points you uh, raised there, uh, Katarina. The first is, why is it so important that companies really be deliberate or, or so deliberate as you've laid out for us about the implicit criteria which guides both decision-making and its execution? Well, because um, that is a key aspect of an organization's culture. Those implicit criteria 
uh, underscore uh, what the organization values. So we talk a lot about corporate values nowadays. Um, uh, you know, it, there is really a, a broad uh, and deep uh, uh, discourse around corporate values and around the idea of uh, building, um, uh, you know, business ethics around corporate values. But I think we are not paying enough attention to what organizations actually value. Right. Uh, so on the one hand, we have corporate values. On the other hand, we have what the organization actually values. Uh, and that is what ultimately shapes how things are done and what is given priority. Uh, are a company's values the criteria that shape decision making and execution? If they are not, uh, it is critical to understand what those criteria are and what consequences and risks uh, they entail. So one of the things the regulators in the form of the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission have been talking to the compliance community about is culture. How would you define culture? Hmm. Yes, I mean, culture is the DNA of an organization. Uh, it goes to the heart of uh, uh, an organization's identity and purpose. So it's, it's not just how we do things around here. It's very much about what we value, but what we believe. And it's also about who we are. Um, you know, I would say that culture is uh, sort of the substratum to all that is human, all the human endeavors in an organization. Uh, but I also want to point out that, and this is, uh, you know, just uh, from a practice standpoint, um, this is very important to keep in mind. Culture is a complex architecture. I know that there is a sort of a tendency to say, oh, culture is values or culture is just behaviors. And, and, and in a certain way, it makes sense to sort of to, to try to simplify culture. But it's also very helpful and, um, you know, for best practices to keep in mind the complexity uh, of culture. So culture shows up in the way systems and processes are designed. It shows up in the way people behave, uh, in the types of, you know, norms and expectations that are cemented uh, in the uh, fabric of the organization. Uh, it also shows up in the way people think, in their mindsets. Um, in its, you know, if we have to use a, a sort of a abbreviated, simplified um, uh, formula or in definition for culture, I would encourage people really to focus on what uh, the organization believes and values. But I would also say corporate values or core values may or may not be part of that belief system. And that is a critical distinction that we need to make. Well, Katarina, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to uh, thank you for uh, walking us through the introduction to the strategic framework. And I hope our listeners will join us for part two, where we take up things that the C-suite and boards needs to know about ethical risk. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in my special five-part series on the SAI Global White Paper entitled Predicting Risk, a Strategic Cultural Framework for the C-Suite, and my visit with the White Paper's author, Katerina Bulgarella. 
I hope you'll join us again for our next episode. This podcast series is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.